I'd see residents as soon as they graduate, they buy the Mercedes or they want to get a big house and really digging themselves into these holes and feeling stuck, feeling like the only option was to work more. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Barnett, and today's guest is Dr. Coben Solberg. Dr. Coben Solberg is a practicing board-certified anesthesiologist, as well as an attorney, founder, and principal advisor of Greeley Wealth Management in Bend, Oregon. Dr. Solberg, I'm so excited to have you here with me on Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast, because in addition to all of these perspectives that you bring, you're also one of our trusted resources at Doc Working. Coben, welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. Thank you so much for that introduction, Jen. That was very sweet. It's great to have you here. And I'm really interested in talking about a subject that you addressed recently in a blog post on Doc Working. Back on November 24th, we published a blog post about the concept of how much is enough. And I think that with all of the stress that physicians face, particularly with a huge debt burden, and as a proponent of really wanting physicians to get into the mindset of reaching financial independence, because I think it does buy so much freedom to have that peace of mind. The flip side of that coin is how much is enough? And I'm curious if that's something that you often discuss with your clients, or is that something that is much further along, or is that something that you start with at the beginning? It's such an interesting question, Jen. It's one of those issues that comes up all the time for my clients. And in my job as an anesthesiologist, I'm also the treasurer of our group. And so I have access to everyone's financials. I know what they're all investing in. And, you know, as a trustee of our cash balance plan and our 401k and a really good friend of mine in the group, I asked him the other day, I'm like, what's enough for you? Because every time someone gives up a call, every time someone, you know, gives up work, you're one of the first people to respond. I said, I want to talk to you because I'm a little bit worried about how much you're working. I think it comes up in a lot of different ways. And part of the reason I was excited to write that post is, you know, I think as physicians, we sort of have one speed, which is fast. And we only know how to work harder from all of our training through med school and residency. It was always more, right? Like that was the answer was more. And so if you don't know the answer to this, for yourself and for you know the goals that you're trying to achieve, you keep working harder, you keep working more, you keep picking up more call. And I really do think that's, A, for many people, it's unnecessary, and B, it's a recipe for burnout. So I think it is important to think about from the very get-go. That's a really great point about the foot on the accelerator, really. <laughs> it's kind of the only speed we know is right. the fastest speed. First of all, I would love to hear a little bit about what made you decide to become a financial advisor. Speaking of, you know, pedal to the metal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so stepping back, my whole journey through medicine has been a little bit non-traditional in the sense I was a philosophy major in college and I really enjoyed that sort of learning and continue to read in that genre even today. And one of my philosophy professors encouraged me to think about law school in addition to med school. <laughs> and I took a three-year leave of absence after my second year of medical school to get a law degree out in Philadelphia. 
and then came back and finished my clinical rotations. And so, you know, looking back, it's funny because to me, doing the financial planning piece sort of feels like a culmination of a lot of different areas of my life, which for the longest time sort of felt disconnected and disparate. So when I started my career as an attending, I was in an academic institution and very quickly sort of my teaching became, it wasn't clinical teaching, it became teaching personal finance topics to the med students and the residents. And a lot of it would be like, hey, what are we going to do with your student loans? Like, how are we going to pay those off? And literally the answer I got every single time, except for once, and it really did shock me almost to the point that I fell over was oh, I don't even pay attention to those. I just keep deferring them. That'll take care of itself when I'm in attending and make attending money. You know, I'd see residents as soon as they graduate, you know, they'd buy the Mercedes or they want to get a big house and really digging themselves into these holes and feeling stuck, feeling like the only option was to work more. And yes, as physicians, we certainly make, you know, really healthy incomes. But as an attending, there's a lot of bills that come along with it, whether that's disability and life insurance, whether it's all the credentialing activities. And so I started teaching the med students and residents, like I said, and then the surgical residents would, you know, look over the drape during the case and say, hey, what are you guys talking about? Can you come talk to us about that? And so I started doing grand rounds all throughout the hospital for different departments and then started speaking at other med schools throughout the country and residency programs. and so. You know, that was pretty standard. I think there's a lot more physicians who are interested in talking about those issues. I was fortunate to be doing a lot of these lectures with a good friend of mine who is a CFP as well and is a financial planner. And he happened to work for the university at the time and helping med students with their loans. And he said, Hey, are you ever interested in doing something like this? Because I think physicians could really use someone who understands what they're going through and understands the stress of medicine and also understands the finance piece because, you know, he saw it even worse. He saw the med students who were just accumulating massive amounts of debt because for them, it was play money. So about two years ago, I got credentialed and registered in the state of Oregon to be a financial advisor. And it was right at the beginning of COVID and, you know, that extra time away from clinical practice allowed me to do that. And it's been fantastic. And, you know, to me, the most fun part, the numbers are interesting and showing people that they can achieve independence. But what's even better than that is actually diving into their purpose, their why, like, why are you saving? And without an answer to that question, it's just this sort of nebulous goal with really no emotional weight to it. We really have a meeting of the minds in terms of feeling that it's a critically important for physicians to have in mind the concept of financial independence, which I think, especially as a young physician, could really be a game changer. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what financial independence is. Sure. I do remember that first phone call we had, Janet. Like, I wanted to reach out and hug you for all that you're doing for our physician colleagues, because I remember what I said to you. I was like, wouldn't it be so great if we worked in a hospital where no one there had to work financially, they worked because they wanted to and like what kind of environment that would be. You know, when you think about financial independence, if you're really looking at what that definition is, you'll look at basically covering all of your monthly and yearly expenses from investments. And 
your investments can be broad. They can include real estate, which I know a lot of physicians are interested in. They would certainly include your traditional retirement accounts that you think about like a 401 or your Roth IRA. But the idea is those investments are earning income each year. And you know whether that's seven, eight, 10% a year, whatever they're sort of returning and you're spending a certain amount. And once the return on your investments is higher than what you're spending, you've reached financial independence. Perfect. So to me, the concept of getting into a safety zone is really the first goal for physicians, because just as you said so eloquently a moment ago, if physicians can get into that zone of safety where they're not working because they have to, but they're working because they want to, it can help us to get that energy back and that focus of why we're doing this in the first place. And I think it's easy to lose sight of that when you have all of these other burdens, especially financial burdens when someone's graduating with a huge amount of debt and then taking on expenses that you know can be overwhelming or certainly can make you feel trapped into a scenario where you have to earn the income because you've got such a huge overhead, so many bills to pay. So do you counsel people on how to avoid that at all? Or is that something that comes up at all? I'm just curious. Avoiding debt, you mean, or avoiding like lifestyle creep? Yeah, let's talk about lifestyle creep. In many cases, by the time someone comes to me, usually something's going on. They're like, I need to get this under control. Whether you know their student debt payments are just out of control or they realize they're spending too much. Part of the reason I really enjoy doing some of the lectures to med students is, you know, even if I could reach like one out of 10 and be like, think about saving, not increasing your spending, getting out of debt before you start ramping up, you know, the house and the car and all these other things. Usually by the time I've gotten to them, you know, they're definitely spending more money. But, you know, the idea is as residents, we are all used to living on substantially less income. And it's not that you can't spend more once you become an attending, but even if you double your spending, that still leaves, you know, depending on your specialty, anywhere from like 30 to 60% of your income that you could be building wealth with. And when I say building wealth, that really is, especially for a young attending, that would include debt repayment, paying off student loans, credit cards, anything like that that you may have, and saving for retirement. Later in your career, it should just be focused on building the retirement and other types of savings. Yeah, I do think it's an important thing. The thing I'll say about that is much easier, you know, if you can just slowly give yourself a little bit more year by year, you know, it seems like a nice little bonus every year versus, you know, when I have conversations with someone, I'm like, we need to cut your spending by 5,000 per month or 10,000 per month. Like that's no fun. It's not fun for me. (laughs) And it's certainly not fun for my clients because they, you know, feel like something's being taken away from them. I mean, that's a very natural feeling if, you know, you look at the psychology of it. So it's nice when I can work with really young physicians right out of the gate and we can build strong financial habits from the get-go. It's much easier and fun and they get it quicker and they get out of debt quicker. And then you can start doing a lot more of what you want. Let's talk about something called the 4% rule. Is that the same thing as the 25 times? your income that people sometimes talk about when they're talking about how much to save. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's interesting because in the last couple of years, there's definitely been an explosion of the fire community, right? The financial independence, retire early community. 
And those two things can be separate. You know, the financial independence part, I think there's plenty of people in medicine who are financially independent and still choose to work and do it on their own terms. And I think that's wonderful. But, you know, it comes from a study where they basically looked over a 30-year retirement and they looked over a 50 or 80-year period and looked at different 30-year time periods and looked at how much to take from your retirement accounts and whether you'd end up hitting zero at any point in that. And, you know, that's where the initial idea of the 4% rule came from. And the idea is that you take your annual spending and multiply it by 25 and that gets you to the 4%. Now, the problem with that is, you know, especially in retire early crowds is they were looking at a 30 year retirement. They weren't looking at a 40 or a 50 year retirement. And, you know, when you listen to a lot of economists, they'll project that future growth is not going to be as high as it used to be. You know, the big issue is that 4% doesn't take into account taxes. And I think for many physicians who have significant savings and pre-tax accounts, taxes will still be, they'll be less than what we're paying as working physicians, but still going to be a big bite. With all that said, I do think it's helpful, at least as a starting point, because it forces you to do a couple of things, Jen. It forces you to really sit down and look at what you're spending per year and what you want to spend per year. Those can be different things and extrapolate out what that looks like. And, you know, as a physician, your expenses of taxes go down, your expenses of saving for retirement go away. You know, the conferences, the credentialing, all those expenses go away as physicians. So our spending tends to drop fairly significantly compared to what we spend during working years. But I do think it's a nice starting point. If nothing else, it can give you something to shoot for. You bring up a great point in terms of you may not be aiming to live on the same salary that you're currently living on. Correct. And certainly to get into a safety zone, you could aim to have 4% generate, for example, a resident salary or twice a resident salary or something like that. So you could potentially, you know, aim for that safety zone first, which to me seems more achievable and doesn't seem so far away that it just is overwhelming. I really do love that, Jen, because I think, you know, there's a couple of different stages in everyone's financial journey. I think, you know, for most residents going into attending hood and prior practice, most of them, you know, have a net worth that's negative. They owe more money than they're worth. And so that first stage is, you know, paying off debt and just getting to a net worth of zero, right? Which is a great feeling. And then the next stage would be, paying off that non-mortgage debt, getting rid of those student loans. But, you know, after that, if really the next step, if you're looking at retirement and like truly walking away from medicine as a profession, totally, I mean, that seems like so far away and right. It doesn't have that emotional pull. And, you know, in the last couple of years, you know, it's funny because there's all these different retirement communities. One is like fat fire. If you want to like live on a ton of money and, you know, be flying private everywhere and live on your boat. But there's also a lot of talk about coast fire. And the idea is that you save aggressively early in your career. And, you know, once you get to like 50 or 60% of your goal, your money actually does the heavy lifting. There reaches a point where the amount that your retirement accounts earn each year is more than you're saving every year. And so that just accelerates that whole process. And I think what I love about that concept is 
you know, thinking back to where we started, it allows you to take your foot off the accelerator a little bit. If you want to keep working 100%, you can, but, you know, like I have a three-month-old at home and my goodness, I mean, I want to spend all the time at home with them. And thankfully, we've put ourselves in a position where I can actually work one or two days a week less because we're sort of reaching that point where our accounts are doing more of the heavy lifting. And so it's like, well, if my money is going to be working for me when I'm sleeping, when I'm hanging out with my baby, when we're on vacation, let's let it. So I actually really like that concept. Congratulations to you for being in that position. I think that's really a goal worth aiming for, for everybody, you know, anyone who's listening. Yeah, I am very fascinated with the FIRE movement. And for physicians, I really see it as I call it the Fiore movement for us, because I put the O in there for option, financial independence with the option to retire early. Because I think that once you're in that safety zone and you have the option to retire, I think it's such a mind shift that you may actually not choose to retire. And there are so many ways. It's not just black and white, you know, pedal to the metal all the time or not at all. There's so much in between that we can do as physicians. And so if you can just get yourself into that safety zone as soon as possible, then you have so many options to sort out. Do you find that a question that young physicians bring to you is whether to pay off all the debt first and then begin saving? Or what's your recommendation for people who are in the situation where they have a very large amount of student loan debt and they are not sure where to begin? Yeah, I think especially starting out, that's probably the most common question that I get from graduating residents or new attendings. And in part because it's overwhelming. And you want to make a good choice and you want to set yourself up for success. And, you know, what I'll say is each person's situation is unique, depending on the amount of debt they have, depending on, you know, if they have a partner that's working, typically you need to do a combination of both. And, you know, for some people, it will make sense to refinance with a private lender and get a lower rate. Some people are going to be going for a service loan forgiveness. And so they'll sort of keep doing what they're doing as long as they're in a 501c3 job. But you need to do both. And part of the reason you need to start getting money into retirement savings is, you know, the first five or seven years where you really start pumping money into your savings accounts, the only thing that matters is your savings rate. The market could do whatever, but, you know, when you're essentially starting from zero, you need to get money in there. So that, you know, if the market goes up 30%, like it has, you know, the last couple of years, it actually makes a difference. You know, if you have $10,000 in there and it goes up 30%, that's nice, but it really is not moving the needle. And, you know, Warren Buffett said it, you know, like one of the seven wonders of the world is compound interest, right? And I think for so many of this, the interest has been working against us, right, with our student loans. This is an opportunity to let your money work for you. And so, you know, one of the things is always coming up with a plan. That's a lot of the work that I do is coming up with a plan that allows us to both get money into retirement accounts and pay off debt and do that in a way that, you know, still allows you to enjoy your life. Dr. Coben Solberg, thank you so much for joining me today on Doc Working, the whole physician podcast. I'm looking forward to having you back again. There's so many topics that we've touched on here and I'd love to 
go into more depth on those with some future conversations. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy talking with you. Likewise, we will talk again soon. Are you distracted with dreams of retirement, even though it's a long way off? Or are you living from one vacation to the next? Does it feel like your day is filled with dreaded duties instead of fulfilling work? You may need an experienced physician coach to walk you through a system to help you find joy and meaning in medicine again. You want somebody who has a lot of experience working specifically with physicians and who has a track record of helping doctors get content and happy at work again. I'm Amanda Taran, producer of Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. Thank you for being here. Please check us out at docworking.com and please don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for listening.